Good afternoon, Facebook fam, and uh, welcome back to the Word Encounter. First, uh, I just want to pray for a second. I've been neglecting to do this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I ask that you join us as we go about your word today, and that the accuracy of your word would be illuminated, that it would not be filtered by anything, and that it would be pure. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All righty. Uh, we're going to start off today at Genesis 12. And so in Genesis 12, uh, we see the call of Abraham is what my Bible says. And in uh, verse 1 through uh, 3, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth earth will be blessed through you. And so we see that all the people uh, on earth are blessed through him because obviously through David and then Jesus uh, is in the line of Abraham. And so uh, that is how all of the earth is to be blessed through Abraham, uh, which would be through Jesus. And so, <clears throat> We go down here and we see that um, um, that Abraham uh, is leaving his father and he's got a family of his own. And Abraham uh, leaves the land in which he's in. And he is 75 years old when he leaves that land. Him and his wife, uh, Sarai or Sarai. Um, uh, and he also took his nephew Lot with him. And so Lot had to be probably, I would assume, in his 40s at this time, somewhere around there. And so uh, they leave Haran and they're going uh, to Canaan. And, um, and Abraham leaves with his, with, his, with his wife, with Lot, and all of his possessions and whatnot. And so there's this people, his servants, his animals, everything. And so he's leaving and he's going out. <clears throat> and so on the way out, he stops in Egypt. And uh, but he becomes afraid because his wife is beautiful and he's afraid that the Egyptians will do something to him because of his wife. And so he convinces his wife to make sure that everybody knows that she is his sister. It says in uh, chapter 12, verse 12, uh, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. They will kill me, but let you live. Please say you're my sister, so it will go well with me because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. When Abraham entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abraham well because of her. And so we see that all of the stuff that Abraham was afraid of, he had some justification. Now, Abraham is 75 years old when he leaves Haran. And they're in Egypt here. Sarai, his wife, is 10 years younger than him. So she's 65. And he's afraid that they're going to do something to her because of her beauty. Now, she's 65 years old. And so I was like, I can only imagine because people at this time seem to live well into their hundreds, that this is essentially mid-age for them, I would guess. And so... Um, so maybe we can analogize it to being, what, 40 today, 45 or somewhere around there. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just a thought that I had whenever I read this. 
is, is, you know, how old was she when this was going on? And so, and so that's what happens there. <laughs> and so, um, they, they proceed, they go on, um, and, uh, oh, so Pharaoh takes, uh, Sarai for his wife, but he doesn't have relations with her. And at, at, in that evening, the Lord comes to Pharaoh and essentially says, look, I'm gonna jack you up because this is what the situation is. And Pharaoh says, Hey, I didn't know. And so then the next day he calls in, he calls in Abram and he says, look, you know, you told me this was your sister, but it's really your wife. And so here, take her back and, and go. Leave us alone because, you know, the Lord paid me a visit and it wasn't cool. So, um, so they go on, uh, Abram and his household and, um, to Lot and everything. So Lot also has his own possessions, his own household. And so, uh, the two households traveling together, they determined was too big. And so they decided to separate Lot. You go your way. And Abram says, I'll go my way. But Abram says, look, Lot. We can go one way or the other. You choose which way you want to go. You know, which land do you want to possess? And so he gives Lot the choice and he'll say, I'll take whatever you don't take. And so, so Lot decides he, he wants to take the lands towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he determines that that's the better land. And so he feels like his household is going to be blessed more if he goes in that direction. So that's what he does. And then Abram goes in the other direction. And so that's what happens. <laughs> and so a lot is uh, in or near Sodom. That's where he decided to camp out. And then Sodom goes to war with some other nations at that time. And Sodom gets defeated. Um, and then they take a lot as a part of their booty or their winnings, if you will. And then Abram finds this out and he's like, oh, no, we can't have this. And so in chapter 14, verse 14, when Abram heard that his relative had been taken prisoner, he assembled his 318 trained men born in his household, and they went in pursuit as far as Dan. In pursuit as far as Dan. So we see that Abram's household was not small when he left Haran. And so he had, you know, 318 men, and they probably had families or whatever. So he had a big household when he left. It just wasn't him, Sarai, and uh, Lot. So it was a lot of people that left. And they went out in faith because uh, Abram didn't really know where they were going or what they were going to find when he got there. And so anyway, Abram goes out with his men and they defeat these other kings and they get Lot back. And uh, and and the king of Sodom is, is appreciative and all this. And so everything kind of gets returned. Uh, but after they returned from, from retrieving all that was lost, uh, this guy comes to bless Abram. Now, who is this guy? So it says Melchizedek, and so this is uh, verse 18, chapter 14. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. <clears throat> he was a priest to God most high. So we see something very unusual here. In verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest to God most high. And so he's a king and a priest. That never happened. You were a king or a priest. And so in, 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 in these days, and so he was a king and a priest. And so in, in the Evans commentary, it said no Jew had ever occupied both offices. This is why the author of Hebrews said that Jesus was a priest and the king in the order of Melchizedek. And so uh, some people think that Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate Jesus. 
And so he's making his appearance here because Abram, Abram actually uh, blesses him with the tenth. In, in, in verse 20, it says, well, Abram blessed the God most high. Abram blessed by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed uh, be God most high, who has handed over your enemies to you. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And so Abram paid a tithe to Melchizedek. And so this kind of supports the idea that Melchizedek is a pre-incarnate Jesus or a pre-incarnate uh, Christ. And so, um, and so that happens there. And so we go on and after these things happen uh, in chapter 15, it says in verse one, after these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. And so, but Abram is a little confused here because he doesn't have any children of his own. His wife is barren. He's got this big household, but he himself does not have any offspring. <clears throat> and so in verse three in chapter 15, it says, Abram continued, look, you have given me no offspring so a slave born in my house will be my heir. But the Lord says in verse four, this one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. And so, so Abraham is like, okay. And then, um, and so then he goes on to say, let's see, okay. In verse five, he took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. So he's telling Abram how many kids he's going to have, what his legacy is going to be like. It's going to be huge. And so in verse six, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And so when we think of righteousness, we think of acts, doing something righteous, doing something that is right, doing something that we are called to do, being righteous in the eyes of the Lord as demonstrated or manifesting in our acts. But here in verse six, chapter 15, it says, Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord credited to him as righteousness. And so the Lord is looking at what he believed. And he says, yes, that's righteous. And I'm crediting it to you. And so, in other words, he is examining our thoughts. He is examining what exists in our hearts. And he's saying, yes, that is me. I'm giving you credit for this. And so we have things in our minds and things in our hearts. And sometimes they never come out. But they're not hidden from the Lord. He knows. And so he knows uh, when you are being righteous, when you are thinking righteously, and when you are, in fact, being in his own image. And so that's what we see there. <clears throat> uh, we go over to chapter 16, and this is where Hagar comes into the play, the servant of, of, of Sarah and Abram, or Sarai and Abram, I should, Abram, I should say. <clears throat> and so Sarai says in verse 2, uh, chapter 16, since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her, I can build a family. And Abram agreed to do what Sarai said. And so she essentially said, go have a kid with my servant. And then it will count as righteousness towards me. And then we can build something as, you know, essentially I'm going to take her kid as my own. And that's, that's the way it's going to be. Sounds kind of ruthless to me. We drop down here in verse 3. So this happened after Abraham lived in the land of Canaan 10 years. And so now he's about 85 or so. And it said, verse four, he slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress or Sarai 
became contemptible to her. And so Sarai, <laughs> so when she saw that she was pregnant, when Hagar saw that she was pregnant, then she started to get full of herself with regard to Sarai. And so, because she knew that she was barren, but here she is having a baby with her man, essentially. And so, then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. So, this whole thing was Sarai's idea. You sleep with my servant. You get her pregnant. It will count to me uh, as a part of my legacy, my legacy, my heritage and whatnot, and we can build a family from there. So, Abram says, okay, cool, let's do it. He does it. Then the servant, Haggai, starts to become contemptible towards Sarai. Sarai gets upset and blames Abram. <laughs> it was her idea. I don't, I don't know. It's, to me, this is just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. And then, um, uh, and so we go on. And so then Abram responds to her in verse 6, chapter 16. Abram replied to Sarai, here. Your servant is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. And so Abram says, hey, okay, whatever. You made me do it. Now you're mad at me. Here, take, take the servant. Do whatever you want with her. I don't care. It's your problem, not mine. And so then Sarai starts to verbally abuse her and, and, and whatnot. She gets upset. Hagar gets upset and runs away. jacked up. This whole thing is just jacked up. Anyway, uh, that's it for today. And we'll continue on into chapter 17 tomorrow. You guys take care. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your attention. And Lord, I just ask that any revelation you have to pour out would be poured out in this day and this time. In Jesus name. Amen.